welcome to A Right Good Tale, a podcast where we explore the good and the bad of storytelling, from films, video games and books, to songs, poetry and music. We'll talk about all the mediums through which stories are told and how they've impacted the world we live in today. I'm Alex, and as ever, I'm joined by Stu and Steve. Hey, guys. Hello. Hello there. So come, pull up a seat, get yourself a nice drink, and join us for A Right Good Tale. Anyway, moving on. It's a space western in space with Mandalorians who don't take off the helmets. Hello. We're going to talk about the Mandalorian today. Um, Why? Because it's fantastic and quite possibly, and we'll probably touch on this, the best piece of Star Wars content ever. Oh yeah, full stop. Ever. No, there's full no stop. questions. Like, don't give me that Return of the Jedi bullshit. No, not that one. Um, but we will quickly point out as a kind of disclaimer, spoiler thingy at the beginning right now, that we are recording this on the 19th of the 11th. And so as of right now, The Mandalorian Season 2 has only got three episodes available for you to watch on Disney+. Plus probably going to have to beat me saying Disney Plus. Are we? I don't know. No. I think Mickey Mouse likes us, so I think we're all right. Oh. But at the point of you guys listening to this, there's probably going to be more episodes out. So if something happens in the next few episodes, and I think something is going to happen in the next episode, um, Ahsoka Tano, who is a massive fan favorite now, uh, if we don't talk about that, Please don't shout at us or moan. I've just explained why we haven't spoken about that. Okay. We will be doing a quick 15, 20 minute finish off jobby once the season is over, which we'll just chuck out in the middle of a week for you to get your ears around. Yeah. So there we go. So we could just kick on now. And that just explained that everyone's on the same page. Let's mm-hmm. open the book and let's start. Now, I said, if you cast your minds back to the beginning of two minutes ago i said is it the best piece of star wars content ever steve i'm going to start with you because i know that you were around when star wars was first made and you know you are somebody who i know is a big star wars fan so i'll ask that question of you is the mandalorian the best piece of star wars content ever created considering that at time of talking it is now the most streamed piece of television on disney plus is it the best since the revival, since the Disney revival, I'd say it's probably at least the second uh, best piece. I would go with Rogue One since mm. the revival, personally. Mm. That's good. That's Rogue, One's, Rogue One is going to get its own episode, everyone, by the way, because yes. yeah. Steve, might, Steve might well be right there. Um, I need to double down on Rogue One. No, for me, it's Knights of the Old Republic, but you, that's not really a, a piece of media. It's an interactive subject, so maybe that's just the way I played it. It's also not canon. <laughs> um, but yeah, for me, Knights of the Old Republic, and then Is this. It no, it's not canon. No, 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 no. Uh, it's not canon. You see, Disney bought the rights and got rid of just about everything except the films and the Clone Wars cartoon. So anything, uh, anything that wasn't the prequels, the originals, or the Clone Wars cartoon, and maybe one or two bits, I'm not too certain of. They don't sort of think they, it exists anymore. Oh. Yeah, they don't treat this, but they do reintroduce other aspects of canon, like, say, Grand Admiral Thrawn got reintroduced into Rebels that time. So Yeah, true. It's more, me... it's, more, it's more a case of, if you look at it, the um, expanded universe was kind of messy and clunky and had something like 40-odd years' worth of content thrown at you. So it's a, it's a good idea to just wipe the slate clean and start all over again. I think Disney did the right thing when they went, right, we just need to cut and go. Of course yeah. they did. Of course they did. I know there's a lot of people, and we're talking about The Mandalorian, um, probably in May of next year, like everyone else, May the 4th, we're probably going to do an entire month of Star Wars content because that's what everyone does. So we'll talk more about Star Wars in depth then, um, but we'll keep it on The Mandalorian. But but yeah, yeah. I, I think 2012, when Disney acquired Star Wars, for this is the first reason I'm going to piss everyone off tonight. First reason being that I think Disney have done a really good job because I think The Mandalorian is not the best piece of Star Wars content out there. However, I think, like Steve said, I think it is the second best. Now, for me, that is because as great as it is, 
and it's set in the Star Wars universe. For me, it isn't quite Star Wars because Star Wars for me has always been a big sort of sweeping epic, whereas The Mandalorian, and again, fantastic, probably the best TV series ever made, possibly. It is a very focused, it's, it's, it's a Western movie, but set in the Star Wars universe. So it's not traditional Star Wars, um, but it is incredible. That Western vibe, I think, is what is probably the strength of of the show. I mean, with, with Star Wars, it's always, as I said, it's always been these big sweeping space operas, you know, hundreds of characters, hundreds of different worlds. And yeah, The Mandalorian retains those two key things, a, a really colourful cast of characters across a lot of different worlds. But by focusing in on, on one character, I think it's completely changed the dynamic of how Star Wars feels for me. Um, would you guys agree that a kind of Western vibe has changed things? Yeah, and I would say that's probably the reason why non-Star Wars fans like it so yes, much, because it's yes. got such a conventional setup. Although set in a Star Wars universe, anyone will watch it. Like my dad's watched it, and my dad hates Star Wars. Mm. Well, there is always the argument. You've got to look at it and think... Uh... The biggest problem I had with, with when Disney got the rights to Star Wars and started making their own films and stuff, the biggest problem I always had was they cut 30 years into the future because obviously people have aged. And everything that happened in that 30-year gap between post-Return of the Jedi just sounds more interesting than what we end up getting. So it's nice to get stuff that's filling in the blanks, so to speak. Yeah, I do think Disney will eventually go back and do something with those years. Yeah, well, I have to. I I have to jump in and mention something, which I know is hotly debated among Star Wars fans because I go on Reddit and I see how hotly people debate this. Star Wars Rebels is set between, um, sort of, it's set really snugly up against Star Wars and New Hope. Yeah, it's the beginning of the rebellion, and Star Wars Rebels gets a lot of flack, I think, for being a kids' TV show. Um, I watched it most recently early this year when disney plus came to the uk i mm. watched a lot of it um star wars rebels is actually a really good show one of the best pieces of content they've done um and interestingly um it was directed and sort of led by dave filoni who is the sort of one of the driving forces behind the mandalorian um should we talk for, for a couple of minutes because i know steve will have plenty of references to make here just about Dave Filoni for a minute because I think he is quite possibly the reason that the Mandalorian even though it feels so unique and so different it fits so well into the Star Wars universe uh, because he himself Dave Filoni is and I'm sure he wouldn't mind me saying this uh, he's a massive Star Wars nerd huge so I don't know who this man is but I want to find out huge Star Wars nerd get on the Google Get on the Google. He's now. he's a massive, massive Star Wars nerd. He's a huge fan of the original films. Um, I can't think of the name of the documentary series that you can watch on Disney Plus about the Mandalorian, but that is well worth a watch. <clears throat> I, again, I watched through that. Um, Dave Filoni does a lot of talking on that, and he's sort of almost was handpicked by George Lucas himself to direct the Clone Wars series and Star Wars Rebels. Um, and that's interestingly actually where he met. John Favreau, who is the director of The Mandalorian, they met on the Skywalker Ranch back in 2008. So they met there, and I suppose that's the genesis, the creation of The Mandalorian. But anyway, Dave Filoni is a huge Star Wars fan, and he's the guy who sneaks in all these little references to Star Wars, of which Steve is going to have to remind me of what some of the things are called. But there's like a fridge or an ice blender in the first season of The Mandalorian. Do you remember that one? Yeah. 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 Yes, it's the thing they carry the um, Beskar steel in. Yeah. That was, I think, some, like, in Empire Strikes Back on Bespin, there's one scene where somebody runs past the camera holding what was like an ice cream machine, which somebody just had on set and used as a prop. Yeah. Um, and so Dave Filoni, knowing this, put it into Mandalorian season one because, yeah. again, he's a huge nerd for these little details. Um and I think it's those little details, again, open it up now. I think it's those little details that made the Mandalorian feel good. These little sort of nods 
Do you think these little nods to the fans? Well, you look at it, it will come back under the guidance of a lady called Kathleen Kennedy. I won't mm. get into the personal dislike that many people have of her. But her vision, her version of Star Wars and her vision for things was very, very different and very. It, it was. It, she had a very um, kind of open aspect to it of kind of wanting things to be accessible to a new generation, which is brilliant. But if you've got a universe that's as in depth as Star Wars, you want to lean on those little aspects that you've got to keep people happy. And uh, I think just little things like uh, just stormtrooper helmets on the floor. Uh, on the ground in uh, the first episode and that and uh, things like the uh, little um, Kowakan monkey lizards, little chap in Jabba's palace being cooked. Little things mm. like that just add so much. It might seem silly, but add just so much to the world building environment that they're going for. Yeah. And it's one of these things, okay, it's very easy for just like Star Wars fans to go, oh my God, look, that character was in, you know, the Revenge of the Hutts comic or whatever. Or something like that, and uh, you know, get all excited about it. But the level of uh, depth that they put into it, and the sheer consideration that they put into these things, just it gives you, it gives you an impression that these people actually do care about mm. what they're doing, and this isn't just another TV show. It was it was a clever way, I think, to again, as we said, this is a very different Star Wars. This isn't Jedi. Mm. Um, which brings me on to something else which is going to upset people um, but this isn't Jedi, this isn't clones this isn't Stormtroopers, this is a western film, this is one Mandalorian who we're meant, you know, in the original films we see Boba Fett, in the prequel films we see Jango Fett and obviously a younger Boba um, Mandalorians weren't really fleshed out until you start seeing your Clone Wars and, and the expanded universe and the Rebels um, but this is a Mandalorian, this is a Mandalorian going on an RPG quest where he keeps getting distracted by side quests um, and they had to ground it somehow to get people to know the worlds they were sort of telling, the stories they were telling and, and it's those little those little sort of Easter eggs, that's what mm. they're called. And those little links that remind you, no, this is happening at the same time. Some of them are a little bit on the nose for me. The fact that we've now had, what, three episodes on Tatooine. Uh, yeah. why, it, why it keeps coming back to Tatooine is anyone's guess, but I guess it's cheap to film in Tunisia. But um, other things, like I said, that cute little ice cream machine, the little thing that comes out, Jabba's Palace, those little creatures. Um and there was a really cool one I actually saw on Reddit. I didn't notice it, but I saw it on Reddit the other day. Um, do you remember in episode one of season two, The Marshal, it was called? Yeah. Um, Cobb Vanth, Timothy Oliphant, remember his character, uh -huh. Cobb Vanth? Yeah. He's obviously wearing the armour of Boba Fett. Yeah. Who, does Boba Fett appear at the end? No, he doesn't. The chap that appears at the end is Timur Morrison, not Boba Fett. Um He's a clone. He could be any one of the millions of clones that they made. Not Boba Fett, calm down. But yeah, he's, he's wearing Boba Fett's armour. And on the back, he turns off to, to walk away from, from Mando, from Jim. And on the back of his armour, you can see a patch where it's been repaired and welded. And if you go back and watch Return of the Jedi, the scene where Boba Fett gets quote-unquote killed, not Boba Fett, um, mm. he gets hit with a little pole by Han Solo. Boba Fett? Where's Boba Fett? He says, spins around, hits, hits Boba Fett's jetpack. And where he hit Boba Fett's jetpack in episode one of The Mandalorian, how many years later? Like 40 years later or whatever it is. Yeah. They've got a patch, which is where that has been repaired. And those little things, those little attention to details, it's absolutely stunning. Full credit to everyone involved in the show for those attention to details. Because for somebody like me, who is a Star Wars fan, who but I'm not 100% clued up in all these little Easter eggs, I see little things like that and I go, huh, that's cool, that's great. But for the big Star Wars fans, that's the kind of... Bear with me when I say this. I think that's Disney's way of kind of saying, we see you, we hear you, we know you're still here, here's yeah, something for you. Like, and I don't that, know we got this thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's obviously the, the, the sequel films cause a little bit of yeah, controversy. Yeah. Well, um... Um, but I think that's Dave Filoni and Kathleen Kennedy, who I think is, is great, personally. And I remind everyone who says bad things about her that she was handpicked by George Lucas. What more do you want? Oh, yeah, yeah, you know, um, I think that's Kathleen Kennedy and Dave Filoni saying, look, guys, these little Easter eggs are for you. Like, we haven't forgotten the fans. You know, yeah. And incredible. 
See, out of universe, they had a couple of missteps with the uh, sequel trilogy and the solo movie. So they mm. did kind of need to amend for, which is probably why the uh, last film was incredibly, um, incredibly played incredibly safe. And the Mandalorians served to uh, continue that safeness and continue bringing back the goodwill that they obviously pissed off a lot of fans with. But then again, I always look at it and think, a lot of times with fandom, I sit and think, you can't please everyone anyway. So are these exactly. fans really heartbrokenly pissed off or are they just people with podcasts and that and stuff who are trying to make a living off the fans' negativity like you get online a lot of time? You know? Yeah. Does, what do you anyone, think? does anyone really hate these films? Come on. It was, it's no. All- I mean, I think I didn't care much for the prequel films, but I wouldn't say I hate them. You know, I'd never. It's still Wars. It's better than nothing. You know. Why go through life hating anything when you can there enjoy you everything? There you go. Um, Alex, yes, Dad. I'll start with you with this question: uh, What do you think of Din Jarin, the Mandalorian himself, as a main character? What do you What do you think of him? I think he's really well done. He does that um, Clint Eastwood thing very well. But he also does the sort of slow thaw of a character in a Western that sort of comes around into being part of the gang where at the start he's like the sort of hard mm. man. So I, I think he's really good and I like the relationship he has with Yoda. I like that as we go through the series, especially the episode in season one on the prison ship with the lady with like yes. pink funny... I don't know what's the name of the race that she Twi'lek, is. I think she's a Twi'lek. Yeah, yeah, that's her. Yeah, um, and the relationship they have, and all the, that's her, mate. Yeah, the stuff that's going on with that, and you get to see mm. one side of him with this and one side of him with that. Um, I just think he's great, but then again, I love the actor anyway. Do you think? I mean, Pedro Pascal does an incredible job because he's acting for. 99.999% of the time behind a mask, which can't be easy because yeah. you've then got to be very physical. Um, and he's got great mannerisms anyway, though. Yeah. If you look at him in Game of Thrones, he's probably the most sort of animated character there ever was. Mm. And actually, I think in terms of kind of the lore behind the character, again, I'm thinking of like um, Henry Cavill playing the Witcher. I'm thinking of even sort of David Prowse as Darth Vader, when your sort of physicality comes into acting a lot and mm. the mythos behind the character, the, the background, the Mandalorian or Mandalorians, I should say, plural, because they're a race of people, mm-hmm. um, they are meant to be highly effective, efficient bounty hunter, killing machine soldiers, whatever you want to call them. Um, they're not all bounty hunters. They're not all soldiers. So, but they're highly effective. And he has that kind of, he has that wonderful way, you know, Pedro Pascal and uh, as Jinjari in the Mandalorian of when he's walks into a scene, like when he's in the cantina, he's not the most physically imposing person in the room. You know, he's not the biggest. He doesn't look like the, the brawniest, but the way he holds himself, I'm thinking of that scene in Mandalorian uh, season two, the first episode, you know, at the beginning um, where he's standing and surrounded by those people and he's just yeah. stood there and he looks physically imposing. It's something Pedro Pascal's acting, the way he stands there, he looks like an efficient bounty hunter soldier. And of course that, that wonderful line there, because I have to mention in that scene where that little creature is holding baby Yoda. You know, oh yeah. And to sort of, the man again it's the way he delivers the line i think he says something like if you hurt him there will be nowhere that you can't hide from me yeah exactly and it's just little things like that which you think wow that's good that's he's he's watched his his john wayne he's watched his clint eastwood he knows how to play this lone gunslinger hard man routine yeah he gets it 100% and you know mm. for a fact that he fair enough he I don't know whether he likes Star Wars or not, but like you say, he knows it's a Western. Yeah. 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 He makes it an epic Star Wars Western, which is what everyone wanted it to be. Mm. He originally thought he was going to be Boba Fett. He did. Yeah, he did. Um, I think a lot of people originally thought that there was going to be Boba Fett because there was rumors, weren't there? Um, Yeah. there There was rumors of a Boba Fett movie at the end of the day. And, um, Apparently, from what I can understand, there was rumours of all these different spin-offs, and then when Solo tanked, 
which was due to a lot of, a lot of point a boycott online by certain fans. Disney then sort of put their foot down and said, right, we're not getting any more films in. You're having mm. the next one. And then, yeah. Know. Guys, Solo was okay, people listening to this. This is a public service announcement from me, all right? Solo was okay. And just because someone else is playing, playing Han Solo doesn't mean boycott the film. Harrison Ford didn't want to play Han Solo after A New Hope. You realise that was like back in 1979 or whatever, 1976, and he didn't want to play the character anymore. And then you get angry when someone else wants to play the character. You do, you, oh my, ugh. I don't get it. I don't. He wasn't very good, was he? Well, he was. He was I've good. not seen it because I heard it was not what it was supposed to be. Oh yeah, you have to go into it sort of knowing that it's it was at a time when they were trying new things with Star Wars. Yeah. And it's an enjoyable film for what it is. Is it a Star Wars film? No. Does it claim to be a Star Wars film? No. It claims to be a film called Solo. So, mm. I, think, I think the problem with these films is um, people have a real attachment to the old ones. And you had that second film uh, where they killed Luke off and you literally had one of the main characters saying, forget the past, kill it if you have to. And a lot of people took that as a bit of an insult and kind of went went with that and sort of thought, well, you know, if you're trying to forget the past, then we're going to forget the future by not going to your films. So yeah, it's a weird, weird one. It's the only one I didn't see at cinema anyway, you know. But on second watch, I didn't think it was as bad as I remember. But first time, I, I kind of just... So outright. As, 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 as people, as humans, we were all children once upon a time. We all had action figures. We all had toys that we played with. Do you think The Mandalorian is do you th- hmm. it's hard to know how to phrase this question exactly i know where i'm driving to I, I guess i'll make my roundabout point which then leads to the question i think the mandalorian is kind of it succeeds in a way because it is every star wars fans fantasy played out now the reason i say this of course is because boba fett appears in empire strikes back first i think yeah. and he's this really cool helmeted guy Oh, look how cool he is. He's got a helmet. And even Darth Vader's a little bit like, look, mate, behave yourself because you're bad. And if Darth Vader's telling you off, you know something's going on. Yeah. And then, of course, Boba Fett has how much screen time in the original trilogy? About four minutes. And he, <laughs> and he goes out and apologies to any Mandalorians out there. He goes out like a bitch in Return of the Jedi. He, the most dangerous bounty hunter in the galaxy goes out to a blind man. Um, anyway... But people had the Boba Fett action figure. And I think we mentioned this in our Witcher episode, that the Witcher is kind of like you're playing with your action figures and you've got your Aragorn action figure and you play the Witcher. The Mandalorian to me felt like somebody had a Boba Fett toy and loads of Star Wars toys and they were playing Boba Fett. Do you know? Do, do you guys know what I mean? They were playing yeah. like the adventures of Boba Fett that yeah. we didn't get to see. Steve, you mentioned that they were going to do a Boba Fett film. I think this, I don't know if this is true or if this is just me making this up, but this feels to me like they started with a Boba Fett film and it evolved into a TV series about a different character. Yeah, I think they realised there was more um, meat on the pig than they thought there was initially, so yeah. they just stripped it all off very slowly, yeah. Mm. Well, it's... Um... Terrible analogy there, but hey. How can I phrase it? Um, I, I hate the expression people say anything after Jedi is fan fiction because that's no. I'm sorry, that's 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 nonsense. You know, um... these people need to um, leave their parents' basement every now and then, don't they? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> they do. It's, I, I don't agree with everything being that, but you do look at it and think, oh look, we've got Ig A, the sort of robot droid, but now he's called something different, and we've got Boba Fett standing there, but now he's called something different, and they're shooting up a town, and you've mm. got the big e-web blaster gimmick gun yeah and i thought there are bits here i thought no this is just this is fan fiction but when you get into it, it it's like it's like it's like you kind of have two sort of it's like when i watched uh someone like watched blade runner the uh blade runner sequel 2049 um i thought i watched it i first watched it and i'm just absorbed into the plot and it's like right okay this is this is great i'm completely I'm under here. Second time I watched it, I'm just looking at the effects and I'm admiring all the beauty of it all. And with these Star Wars films, it's like, I think you just have to leave your fucking, your cynical fan hat behind, basically, and watch them for the first time. 
just as a fan and just try and relive your youth or try and recapture what it is that brought you to the love of Star Wars to begin with. If you can do mm. that, you're going to enjoy all these films. But if you can't do that, then you're wasting two hours of your life each time. Yeah. I think I think that's why, for me, I, I, I think it was about episode two of The Mandalorian when I really started to enjoy it. I Obviously, I loved the first episode, but I still, in my head, I think, like you said, Steve, I was still kind of seeing it as something that maybe I shouldn't have been. I was still kind of seeing the Mandalorian as, oh, that's just Boba Fett in it. That's just, I know it isn't Boba Fett, but, you know, that's just Boba Fett, you know. And it was when I really started to, as you say, sit back and just kind of take it for what it was and sort of embrace what was different about it and Mm. enjoy what was different about it that I really started to find a niche. I mean, I probably not the only person in the world uh and sort of i feel now i just have to rip off the old plaster and just do it but uh, din jaren has, has become i think one of my favorite characters in the star wars canon oh god guys uh on the flip side and i will explain why i don't like the little baby yoda i get quite annoyed when he's on screen now Oh, we've just lost some listeners there, man. I think I it's cute and it's cool, but at the same yeah, time, fine. what's he brought to the story? Well, nothing. Well, well, well I, I need to, I need to damage control before people start listening. I think a lot of people leveled accusations at Jedi that it was a toy commercial. You know, the Ewoks, the Ewoks, and all the all the sort of various toys, and oh look, there's a different type of stormtrooper now. Buy more toys. I think mm. Baby Yoda served the very Disney purpose. You know, he looks great on a shelf at Disneyland, and a lot of people have bought the little Baby Yoda toy. He's the Hedwig of Mandalorian. Yeah. But the reason we <laughs> <you> don't agree, <laughs> because um, you can't call Jedi a toy commercial after the prequels. Uh, they were literally all right, all right, all right, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but but <laughs> the thing with me for Baby Yoda is the thing that I didn't necessarily like about the prequels, and I didn't like about the Star Wars Rebels, which I obviously spoke highly of, uh, is I, in Star Wars, I like the Force, I like the Jedi, I like all the stuff they do. What I don't like is when they try and make it too mystic and too close to the idea of too close to the idea of magic and stuff like that. I like people flipping each other with the lightsabers and I like people lifting stuff out of things. I didn't like Qui-Gon Jinn going, the force surrounds us. It is part of us. I didn't like that. And Star Wars Rebels very much so made the force this kind of magic, which mm. this kind of mystical magic, which I kind of struggled with to the point that when I finished Rebels, I was kind of burnt out on the force. I like the stories around Star Wars. So the Mandalorian, I thought, this is great. I'm learning a Star Wars story about a Mandalorian. He's not a Jedi. He's not got any special powers. He's pure skill, 100%. Way, what a mad lad. And then Baby Yoda lifts up that bloody mud horn and kills that mud horn with the force. And I thought, oh, here no, we go. I don't know, though. The thing is, it, you say that. You say Baby Yoda, but he still is Baby Yoda. Mm. Yeah, but he's not Yoda, is he? He's not Yoda. He's a baby of Yoda's species. He's not even a baby. He's 50 years old. But as they say, Yoda's species do age longer. So fair enough. But What do they call just, him in the credits, then? The child. The child, yeah. But this is what I mean. Like, like he stops that mud horn. And suddenly, all the skill, all the training of Din Djarin is nothing to this little kid putting his hand out and going... Plus, and as of uh, this Kid's recent, a prodigy, mate. Yeah. As of this recent episode, he copped a lot of heat because he ate the uh, little baby's eggs, didn't he? Mm. Oh, I tell you, um, Genocide. Look, <laughs> all this stuff, like... Genocide, I'm not hating on shit, anyone, man. but what cunt thinks that the little baby Yoda in The Mandalorian eating a couple of eggs is genocide? And I stress, I stress cunt heavily. <laughs> well, to, to be honest, you know. It would be. <laughs> I was on the internet. I'm sorry, boys, like, but that is honestly, it's pathetic. I was on the internet. It would be a heavy and, cunt and if it can shoot eggs out of it. People, people were absolutely furious about That's it. And I'm it. honestly thinking. Like, and I know that bit's probably going to get cut out or at least watered down, but I don't care. No, don't cut it out because some people well, do need to know. when we say shooting eggs out of it, we might have to cut it out, but I don't really care either way, to be honest. Because yeah, we know what you're talking about. But 
so <laughs> as I was saying, like the force, the force for me makes things too easy. The force, what did I, I said this once and it was really clever. The force should never be the solution. It should always be the question. And everyone, again, to go back to the prequel trilogies, everyone got upset at the end and spoiler alert, everyone, but it was two years ago when old Ray, she gets killed by her granddad. And then Ben, Ben, Kylo Ben, as I call him, uses force heal to heal her. And everyone was like, you can't use force heal because Luke Skywalker didn't use force heal and all did Anakin and he's best Jedi ever. And then you've got baby Yoda using force heal. And for me, oh great, heal Carl Weathers because we need him for season two because he's fantastic. Heal him, please. But, mm. Grow his arm back. Yeah. <laughs> but the thing is, like more and more now, they're starting to... I just don't like Baby Yoda. I had to get that out there. And I don't, I don't mind him for what he is. I don't like him because I just... I tend to find the force becomes too lazy in Star Wars. They use the force just to answer questions all the time. And no, this second season they've really ramped up the cutesy, haven't they? It's like you can always read the mm. script saying, and then Baby Yoda does something cute. Yeah, yeah. it is a bit like that, isn't it? I like. I do. Baby Yoda gives a funny face. I do like what it does to Jin's character mm. because I like that he has this very paternal instinct towards something. But at the same time, that hasn't compromised him at all. If anything, that's made him more dangerous uh, because he's so protective of, of this creature. And of course, he's potentially going to be handing over the creature too. And this brings me to my next point. Hang on a minute. What is this? Is this something I've not seen in the episode? I haven't yet watched. Well, no, this has been mentioned since oh, season fine. one. Right, he's, cool. he's, he's been told, he was told by the armorer, the Mandalorian armorer, you have to yes. take this creature to his own kind. Yeah, yeah. And I think it was quite obvious that by its own kind, it didn't mean the species of alien. It meant take this little guy to some Jedi. Now, before I get to my point, I just want to sort of, because we've mentioned this, I think we've mentioned this definitely in the Witcher episode, that one of the problems of the Witcher was for people like Steve who'd never seen it before, there was so much going on that you were meant to have previous knowledge of that it kind of ruined the enjoyment a bit. Now, The Mandalorian does that quite a lot. And I'm thinking of perhaps some of the more recent episodes with um, Bo-Katan. Mm. Um, I'm thinking of the last episode of season one where uh, the moth gets out of his ship and he's got the dark saber for someone like you, Alex, who maybe might not have known Bo-Katan or the dark saber. What were you thinking when you saw stuff like that? I was thinking it was cool, but I was also thinking some of it is maybe a little bit, um, excessive. Mm, how so? Just a bit sort of where they, there's things where you can tell, right, we've, we've got, 25% of our CGI budget left. If we don't use it all now, they won't give us as much for season two sort of things. Mm. It's like I said, it kind of like the Witcher in a way. And I mentioned this earlier on in the episode, Dave Filoni, obviously being a fan, he's putting a lot of Easter eggs in a lot of connections to work. He's done before on clone wars and uh, rebels. And that's where I'm going to have to mention it. And again, I imagine what's going to happen now is Steve is going to go, and Alex is going to go, yep. Because it's quite possible that in the next episode, we are going to see Ahsoka Tano. Well, I mean, if you look at, uh, if you look at Alfred Hitchcock, he was known for, quote, for being quoted on saying that... Can't, he's dead. If it's a good movie, the sound could go off and the audience would still have a perfectly good idea of what's going on. Mm. Who's this person we're going to see? Well, actually, that's a really good point there, Steve. Yeah, Alex, if, if, if the sound goes off and you see oh. Grand, Grand Moff, Grand Moff gets out of his ship and pulls out the Darksaber, what are you thinking immediately? What's your immediate... Grand Moff Gustavo thing? cuts open a TIE fire and he holds yeah. up the meth sword. What are you thinking? I think it's cool as fuck, but it's like obviously not very good for man. No, 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 but what, but what are you thinking? Like You see that and you think your first thought in your head is... What, what do you mean? What am I thinking? Do you, am I thinking, oh, that's cool? Or am I thinking, oh, that's the Darksaber? Or are you thinking, didn't Walter White kill this guy already? Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking, <laughs> or, didn't I see him with or, his face melting off outside an old people's home? Or are you thinking, 
this guy who we know is with the stormtroopers has just got out of a tie fighter and he's got a lightsaber which yeah I all think i lot... thought was he had a lightsaber yeah a lot of people are going to think that but of course and this is a strength as i said dave filoni loads of background work well done him i think this is also a negative because i have to be fair because i said it's a negative in the witcher is for someone like me he gets out of that, maybe for Steve. Um, oh, it looks cool. But then I think, okay, Gramoff's got the Darksaber. Now that's very interesting because the Darksaber was owned by Darth Maul and then Darth Maul lost it. And then um, Sabine Wren had the Darksaber, but then she gave the Darksaber to Bo-Katan. So how on earth has this chap got it? So I'm thinking all this in my mind. How Most people are going to... No, because it is. Yeah, no, because it is. What made you look at it and go, oh, it's that? Because it is, <laughs> because in, in, in the cartoon, yeah, because in in every depiction of the dark saber, that's what. So the it's the shape is. of it, is it, or is it's it the shape of coloring? It. It's, it's and and the whole point of the dark saber, just to jump in like one sentence into the law, is that the dark saber was the first lightsaber created by a Mandalorian Jedi. Fine. So there's only there's only one of them in existence. Now you, most people aren't going to know that, but for me, I knew kind of all oh, this. This is interesting. This is going to make this guy an interesting bad guy but most people are going to go that's a lightsaber so for me i i, I just kind of think that's a bit again it's, it's, it's great for certain people sure. for the for the fans you're kind of gatekeeping aren't you for the fans it's 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 a nice little nod but for other people they're thinking oh look it's darth vader because you've got a lightsaber where's black you know. so why are we thinking we will see her in the mandalorian because she was casted months ago. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I can <laughs> she, see it. Uh, yeah, as soon yeah. as I Google it, so Katana, it's got the picture of the lady who's in it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, 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 that, they mentioned it in the episode that you need to go yeah. to some planet to go. Ro- Ro- isn't Rosario, she... Um, Rosario Dawson was cast, was cast about... Well, this, this was the point I was going to make, okay, was that... <laughs> I think next episode we're going to see Ahsoka Tano. And again, for, for someone like me, I've, I've watched all of Star Wars... Clone Wars and Rebels. Ahsoka Tano is a main character in Star Wars Clone Wars. Yeah, she's um, Anakin's Padawan, right? She's Anakin's Padawan. Anakin's Padawan. Anakin's Padawan. <laughs> she's Anakin's Padawan. Um, she eventually leads, leaves the Jedi Order and then Rebels. She turns up and helps the Rebellion. So at this point, obviously, we're, we're what? Another eight years in the future. Yeah. Um, and I think it's being set up that, and again, listeners, when you're listening to this, you might have already seen Ahsoka Tano, you might not. So this is us not knowing what happens. But I think it's being set up that because Baby Yoda is a Jedi, take her to a Jedi who is Jedi, I'm just being silly, take her to a Jedi who is Ahsoka Tano. Um, Why are we assuming it's, it's a she? Because Ahsoka Tano is a she. No, you keep on saying take her to a Jedi. Yeah, sorry, I did. Shouldn't say I'm going to be in trouble. We don't know, do we? But that's never been established. We keep saying baby Yoda, assuming that it's male, but we don't. You know, for all we know, it could be hermaphrodite. But what was the baby Yaddle? Yeah, that was the that was the female yeah. Yoda, Yaddle, wasn't it? We've never seen um, about sex, have we? So we don't know what's going on down there. Uh, is, well, there baby, is there a Yoda I, thing? Never I seen Yoda have sex. Like have you ever been on the internet, Steve? I'm sure if I Google, I could find it. I don't want to. Uh, let me just have a little quick. No, don't do it, Steve. Don't do it, Stephen Alex. Don't Google Baby Yoda having sex. Um, <laughs> oh, God. Um, <laughs> is that not sort of, you know, that's how it starts. So, so rings get started. Again, I, the point I was trying to make, and I know I'm making it in a really bad way, is that I think sometimes the show suffers a bit from gatekeeping. Mm. That, that Bo-Katan turned up, and I know Bo-Katan, because I've watched the Clone Wars and I've watched Star Wars Rebels. And I went, oh, cool. That's Bo-Katan with Sasha Banks and that bloke. Um, you know, I thought that's great. Oh, this is very interesting because she's meant to have the Darksaber. And in the episode, she says to the Imperial officer, where is it? Where is he? I need it back. She's talking about the Darksaber. But my wife is watching it going, who the fuck is this? What is she looking for? Who is she asking for? And does that spoil the enjoyment, do you think? Do you think that's something that maybe the show does too much? Mm. A little yeah, bit, a little bit, not a lot, but it, it's definitely a prevalent thing. Mm. Well, I remember thinking to myself, the worst thing this show could do when I was watching the first season is lean on established continuity to the point where it's bogged down by it because everything feels nice and fresh at the moment. You know, we've got a nice, fresh show, we've got everything there. It's set straight after, it's set five years after Jedi, so everyone. The heroes of uh, Yavin, the old lot, are doing their own thing right now. I believe Han and Chewie are trying to liberate Kashyyyk. Um, I think Leia's gone into politics and Luke's off finding Jedi artifacts. So 
Mm. It's very unlikely we're going to see any of them anyway. So it's <laughs> nice to have a um, a fresh slate in a way. But it seems to be a case of bringing in all the old characters now from Rebels and stuff. And that's a mixed bag of thoughts for me. But, for, but fun fact, just to mention something Steve said earlier, uh, no, Alex said earlier on, he mentioned Ahsoka Tano being dead. Um, at the end of Rise of Skywalker, um, one of the voices of the Jedi who speak to uh, Ray when she's all like dead on the floor and stuff. One of them is actually Freddie Prince Jr. As um, uh, Kanan from, from Rebels. Um, one of the other voices that speaks to uh, Ray is the voice of Ashley Eckstein, who plays Ahsoka Tano, which implies that at the point, well, I know this is like 25 years later at this point, but it implies that at that point, Ahsoka Tano is dead. Not really, though, because Ahsoka Tano is not really a Jedi because she gave up the Order. No, she did. And this is what I mean. This, That's what I mean. Fan wank that. Yeah. See, yeah. fans, we do know what we're talking about. Yeah. yeah. Took me a week to read up on that. She left the Order in season six or seven, and then she came back and she had a fight with Darth Maul. Yeah. Oh, God. I hope he turns up. No, he can't. He's dead. He's dead, isn't he, by now? Yeah. Obi-Wan killed him about eight years previous to yeah. the Mandalorian. When, how exactly did, in Star Wars lore, how exactly did Darth Maul go from being all sort of, you know, growly and sort of, uh, we will get our vengeance on a Jedi, to sounding like bloody Sideshow Bob? How did that actually happen? In, in the TV show, he's just, it, it's Sideshow Bob the whole way. It's Kelsey mm. Graham. Is it, I, I, no, it's not Kelsey Grammer. It's actually the guy who did the motion capture and voice of Starkiller in the Force Unleashed games. Um, uh, Sam, Whit- Whit- Sam Whitaker, yeah. Um, Whitaker. Yeah, no, I, I know what you mean. Uh, but so Mandalorian, we're getting so off topic because we're all trying to show off our Star Wars knowledge and our <laughs> listeners are probably going, oh, what a Mandalorian. So the point I was trying to make, yeah, and I'm sorry to our listeners, is that sometimes I think the gatekeeping, and again, Dave Filoni, his passion, I'm not going to fault it for a second, and I'm not going to fault this show, because it's quite possibly the best TV show, TV show, not film, quite possibly the best TV show I might have seen, depending on how season two plays out, it could well be. I just think sometimes that can be a barrier to to the casual audience when they see these things, because they're constantly having to Google and I don't think that's an enjoyable experience. As you said, Steve, you should be able to turn the turn the sound off and still know what's going on. Um, and I'm glad sort of, I'm not the only person who thinks that. And I'm lucky that I've got that background knowledge to, to kind of not have to Google much. Um, but, you know, who See, knows? What was that film years ago uh, with the bunny? He time travels and stuff. Uh, Roger Rabbit. No, no. Um, Peter Rabbit. Patrick Swayze was in it. Um, Donnie Darko. Donnie Darko, that was it. Oh. You had like Donnie Darko, which was a really sort of confusing film because they direct you to a website that explains everything. And I think, no, you, we shouldn't have to, as a viewer, we shouldn't have to do any research when watching a show. No, that's true. We have to actually, you know, go and go online and read up on these things anyway. That shouldn't be a thing. It, everything should be nice and self-contained within that story for us mm. to follow easily. And I think that was, for me, that was the strength of, I guess, how the Mandalorian started was because you've got this setup of you've got the lone gunslinger. All right, Baby Yoda, fine. You've got the lone gunslinger looking after Baby Yoda. That ah. worked because, because, as you said, Steve, you're telling an internalized story about one dude going on these little side quests, getting distracted every 10 minutes. You know, you know it was meant to go to like take the child back to his mates like 10 episodes ago. <laughs> he just keeps getting distracted every 10 minutes by frogs and stuff and right. Sasha Banks. Well, he's got but, ADHD or something. You know, yeah. <laughs> but, but, but yeah, you, you know, you're right. It, it started off as this really strong kind of cohesive and, and I'm, I'm sure they're going to do a really good job, but I think the more they're trying to kind of uh, meld this into the established Star Wars canon, I think they're losing some of the magic of what made the Mandalorian special in the first place because Mando, as he was originally called before he found out his name was Din. Um, he isn't a Jedi. He isn't anything, say, particularly powerful. He's just, like I said, it's skill, it's training, etc., etc. But then a Jedi, another reason I kind of struggle with the Force is, is it becomes too easy. When you've got people like in the Clone Wars series, not the 
film who can like backflip and chop machines off in one go and mm. do all that stuff. It kind of makes Din, um, you know, it makes him less special in the story if there are these people who are going to be able to just pull out a lightsaber and kill him really easily. And so I'm sure they'll do a great job of it. It's just one of my personal concerns moving forward is that the more they lean into the Jedi stuff, the sort of less important other characters around the Jedi become. Mm-hmm. It's a strange one because you could go, you could go for a long time with the show. I mean, there's a Obi Wan spin-off coming as well, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. Oh. So, which that's really... got you McGregor in it, hasn't it? Yeah. yeah, he he worked for that. He did Pete. He did Winnie the Pooh. He did that awful accent in Beauty and the Beast, which was borderline offensive. He's worked for that show. He's worked for that show. Well done. I just want to point out that I'm really excited that Rosario Dawson is going to be playing Ahsoka Tano because she's in um, Luke Cage as Claire. Do you remember? Have you seen Luke Cage, the Marvel series? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she is fucking excellent in that. Fantastic. I mean, I can't think of of anyone I I, I would have cast. I know. I hope she's not only in it for a short period. I've got a feeling that, that... At the end of the last episode, um, I watched, not the last episode that's out, listeners. Episode three. Uh, chapter yeah. 11, The Heiress. Um, Bo-Katan says to him, you need to find the Jedi, you know, do 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 Yeah, the Jedi. And it sort of sets up as if it's going to be next episode. I've got a feeling they might, like, do another couple of side quests and yeah. then she'll appear right at the end of season two. Do you think um, she might be? ADHD, this guy, hasn't he? Seriously. What was the name <laughs> yeah. of the girl... Um, in season one that he's like friends with and is in a few episodes. Cara, Cara Doom. Yeah. Do you think they might give her the same amount of screen time as that? I hope so because, um, you know, let's, let's also mention Cara Dune as a character. Gina She's Carano. great. Fantastic character. Fantastic character. Um, somebody who really felt like Mando's equal in like every single way, mm-hmm. which is, Please understand me when I say this, listeners. That's how you write a very strong female character in a world dominated by male characters. Mm-hmm. You you look at Cara Doom and you do that because my word, she was she was the equal of 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 Din Mandalorian every step of the way. And that's how you write a really good character. It's a lot better than having a purple haired space Karen ordering men around all the time. Yeah, yeah. And the, the thing is, you know, as again, speaking of the strength of her character, she didn't come in and say, you have to respect me. Why? Because I say so. And no. then, you know, she walked in and she beat the shit into Mando, <laughs> you know, and yeah. she bloody killed an ATST herself. And she did all this stuff. And, and you, at the end of that episode, which one was it? It was the um, Seven Samurai episode, the yeah. Magnificent Seven episode, which was... Oh goodness! What episode that is? Three, third one in. Four, four, four. four. Yeah, um, so four. Um, you know that was a great episode, and she by the end of that episode, you think, good god, like Mando needs to hire this person constantly because she she she's everything you know he needs. Um, fantastic as an episode, by the way. That one directed by Bryce Dallas Howard. Fantastic episode. Because I was convinced when I saw the. Um... The purple head space Karen. I was convinced she was she was either on the Empire side or she was a double agent or mm. she was she was the baddie at first. I thought was she going to turn out to be Kylo's real mum or something or what's going on here? Is that Snoke under a? Oh yeah, Laura, um, Laura Dern. I, I, I love Laura Dern. She's brilliant. She's done some amazing stuff. But I just watched that and thought, Jesus! I mean, first time I thought for. So this girl isn't actually the bad guy. She she is actually the hero of the piece, but she's just such an awful awful person. Really? Okay, it's great. Yeah, I think. Yeah, actually, I think that that what you just said sums up what I was saying really perfectly. Like Laura Dern in Last Jedi, we're constantly told by characters who run up onto shot and look at the camera and say, "Is that Admiral Hold though?" Yeah, <laughs> didn't didn't she didn't she kill fifty stormtroopers at this battle that we didn't see? And they, everyone goes, "Yeah, wow!" She, and and you've constantly got Oscar Isaacs, haven't you, Oscar Isaac? Um, you know, you've currently got him. Poe Dameron sort of going that's her that really is that is that really her and everyone's going don't say that she'll hear you yes that's really her and he doubts it and questions it that wasn't as that wasn't as good as sort of giving Gina Carano a weapon giving Cara Dune uh, a forum and then just letting her just 
blast show, people. Yeah, letting her show, you know, letting her show the Mandalorian how it's done. You know, like just laying saying, a right. trench for half an hour. Yeah. Macking falls. Yeah. yeah. Just, just that's how, that's how you do it. That's how you create a character, a good character. Especially when Purple Head Space Carrot, all she does is turn the car around and, cr- and cause a car crash. Yeah. <laughs> and no, at the, at the end of that film, at the end of that film, Ad, Admiral, Admiral Holdo, she, obviously she does show everyone why she is, has the reputation she's got and well done. Driver. <laughs> yeah. But it's at the end of the film. Well, actually, know, would you like to go stop and say, "Can I speak to the manager, please?" <laughs> when they're on them. It's at the is at the end of the film, isn't it? You know, we we have a lot of tell don't show. Whereas in in, and I guess it's it's not just the same for Cara Dune. It's the same for for Din the Mandalorian as well. Is there's not a lot of they they don't tell us a lot of how good these people are at their job. They just show us how good these people are at what they do. Uh-huh. And that's really refreshing because there's none of this. Oh, did you hear that the Mandalorian like killed a crate dragon? Whoa! They actually just go. Do you what? want to see the Mandalorian kill a crate dragon for an hour? Incredible! That's how you do it. That's how you make an exciting TV show. You show us the cool stuff. I think you said it earlier on, didn't you, Steve? That they did the thirty-year time skip between Jedi and Force Awakens, and there was a load of cool stuff that happened in between that, and they didn't show us. They yeah. showed us 30 years later. What the Mandalorian is doing is saying, you know, all that cool stuff you used to do with your Boba Fett figure. We're going to show you that on TV now. We're just going to put it on TV. Yeah, that's the thing. I think that's what does it for me the most, that it's just like everything you imagined as a kid, irrespective of whether it is even you playing out the Mandalorian, but all the cool Western stuff you did or yeah. you thought was cool, like on your grandmother's hi-fi when she wasn't looking with all your toys, um, you can now do. Mm. Do you think we'll get a purple-haired space Karen spin-off then? <laughs> we get to see her do all these great things like... You might. But again, but again, you know, if they did show us that, that would be a really good TV show. This I'd, is, I'd love to see her say, I'd like to speak to manager, please. This is what Disney aren't getting a lot of credit for, actually, right. I think, with their handling of Star Wars, is they're actually showing us, you know... Yeah. Oh my goodness! Do you know, I'm going to make it a three count. I've already said what did I say? Can't remember. And then I said Baby Yoda is evil and bad. Now I'm going to make it a three count. In the original Star Wars films, oh Han Solo, look how cool he is. He's a smuggler. Blah, blah, blah. And what they did with Solo is they showed us what he did. Yeah. And that's good. And what they're doing with the Mandalorian is they're all right. It isn't Boba Fett doing this stuff. It's definitely not Boba Fett in season two, episode one. By the way, everyone, um, I will remind everyone. It is. Let's be honest. Yeah, it is. I know. It is. You know, Timura Morrison actually is the voice, or is the clone. He was Jango Fett. He's every single clone. He's every single original Stormtrooper. So that could be one of a million, 200,000 units more on the way. It could be anyone. So it's not Boba Fett, guys. Boba Fett is dead. Didn't Let people all, be dead. Didn't they all Let, like, have accelerated aging, though, the clones? Yeah, yeah, Boba Fett was the only one that didn't. I know I know. it's Boba Fett. I feel like I know it's Boba Fett. I feel like a cunty Praro now, you know. You are are a bit, because I know it's Boba Fett, but I don't want it to be, because what is it with Star Wars just not letting people die? Um, But yeah, the the point I was making is Disney are kind of, again, people aren't going to like it, me saying it, but Disney are doing great because they're showing us all this cool Star Wars stuff that as children we imagined in our heads. All the yeah. stuff that we didn't see in the films or whatever. We imagined it as children. We played with toys. We we run around our gardens, our streets, our schools, and we played. You had a garden? Stuff. Well, yeah, yeah, I had four. Which <laughs> house are you talking about? Um, you know, Darling. You know, oh, yeah, which house are you talking about? The one in Tanzania? <laughs> yeah, or the one in Cape Town. No, um, we were... <laughs> I've lost my point because I was trying to be funny. Yeah, you know, the... the Disney are showing us, and especially with Mandalorian, they're showing us the stuff that we as children wanted to see. And that is, that's good. And I think that's why the show has become the massive success it is, because it is making Star Wars sexy. It's making Star Wars really cool and cutting edge. And yeah, you know, it's, 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 it's great. It's great. You are not wrong there, Herbert. No, I didn't think I was. Um, we're probably going to wind up now, viewers, because it's been a bit of a mess, I think, with all of us 
just sort of not really going where we're going. But like I said, there, there's, only, khaki, yeah. there's only so much we can do, fair listener, because there is probably only one of you, fair listener. There's only so much we can do because we're only at see episode three. There's still, what, like four or five more episodes to go. So in that five episodes, we don't know. Mando could die. The baby Yoda could die if I got my wish. Oh, baby Yoda could get sliced in half with the uh, I reckon that's the only way for this show to go. Um, Taika, Wait- Taika Waititi, that sounds like an episode you'd direct. Make it happen. Um, Let's cut up a child, shall we? Yeah. Chop, it in, chop him in half with the dark saber, then Mando can be like, uh, uh. and then... Huh. He'd still yeah. get distracted, though, wouldn't he? You know, and help out some peasant village. Yeah, go, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to get rev- I'm gonna get revenge on you, and then somebody would come in and they'd do an episode based on Braveheart. Um, they they somehow managed to use it on the way to somewhere, he's going to go somewhere to try and spend credits in a vending machine and get one stuck. And it's going to be half an episode of him sticking his arm into a vending machine, trying to get his packet of yeah. space. What's it? <laughs> oh, we joke, but we love it. Of course we love it. <laughs> Dave Filoni, be our friend. Dallas Bryce, uh, Bryce Dallas Howard, be our friend. Tiger Waititi, be our friend. We're waiting for a celebrity endorsement slash friend. So seriously, anyone. Purple uh, Air Space, Karen, go to hell. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad you died at the end of the film. Because you, oh, you, 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 you were mean to Oscar Isaacs. It's a shame she didn't get blown up instead of just crashing her car in spite. She was really mean to Oscar Isaacs. And then at the end, she's like, oh, don't worry. I wasn't being mean, really. I knew it was a plan all along. He said, don't be a liar. What, you were being what mean. What did tell him then, you stupid cow? Yeah, you were being what mean. What a mutiny then, you sleep. Oh, dear. Um, so, yeah, I mean... Expect expect a sort of roundup of season two and sort of our feelings on how season two has yeah. ended. And I'd say expect them to be released quite close together as well. Yeah, because uh, December the eighteenth is the kind of final episode of the season release date. So it'll probably be a sort of maybe a little Christmas special that we release both quite close to Christmas for you all. Maybe I don't know. Um, so I guess that's it. But only you're good. And we've got a little special treat for you all at the end. But before we do that, let's just sort of let's just tell everyone where you can find us on the social medias. Alex, where can people find you? Um, Twitter is Alex's Life. Instagram is at Algana87. And that's it. And Steve, where can they find you? Well, on the Instagram, you can find me at wrestling underscore noir. That's wrestling underscore noir. And on the Twitter machine, you can find me on at the at thy Steve Pearson, that's T H Y because somebody beat me to the. That's thy Steve Pearson. That's Wrestling Noir as well. Or you can buy a copy of one, one of my books. I have two now on WrestlingNoir.com. That's WrestlingNoir.com. Is it true that the other book is a gardening manual with the Ford written by Alan Titchmarsh, or is that just a vicious rumor in the wrestling community? That's a vicious rumor in the wrestling community. Scandals. Bastards. And you can find me on Twitter at Stuart Green SG and on Instagram at Stuart Green 1989. You can find us, the podcast, on Twitter at a right underscore tail and on Insta at a right good, good tail. There we go. So all that leaves us to do now is to serenade you all to the end. And then we have to do that guitar bit, doesn't it? Yeah, I might. If I did end up doing this, you've already heard me do it, but I might do a little guitar thing for this because I've not got much else to do considering Boris has locked me in a house and made me wear something. Yeah, so look forward to that. See you then.